0: Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. We're going college-style today on a Monday, along with Aaron Fitt. My name is John Manuel. Thank you so much for joining us at BaseballAmerica.com or with the iTunes download. And we want to remind you that when it comes to buying a baseball bat, DeMarini just changed the game, introducing Demo House, where you can step into the cage and hit the latest from DeMarini before you buy, because there's no substitute for hitting a real baseball, or talking to people who know both bats and batting. Your demo time in the cage is free. Get the season started right and visit your nearest Demo House today. Locations and full details can be found at dmariecom backslash demo house. Aaron, we may as well have uh, gone to the demo house today to do this top 25, uh, ranking. I've been doing this for 13 years now here at Baseball America. In other words, so when most of our listeners who are in college were like in elementary school. So I know more about college baseball than they do. And it's very difficult to do a top 25 poll when you have a week like this. And there's no right answer and, uh, I'm not sure that we ended up with the right answer in our rankings this week, but I'm sure we put our name on a ranking every week, and we are never, we never, we don't ever shirk that responsibility to take the easy way out. But I've never, ha- I've never seen us have a debate like we had this week. Yeah. Uh, you think the health care debate was something we debated? This top 12 in our rankings, really the top nine in the Baseball America top 25 rankings for 70 minutes today, and that was after taking a good half hour everybody to digest. Your worksheet coming into the rankings meeting, and you know, obviously, uh, you know, you and Connor going to games all weekend and be following it all weekend. We all invest a lot of time in this, and usually it doesn't take that long. Usually after seventy yeah. minutes, we're done doing the rankings and doing the podcast. Yep. So this might be a little bit of a quicker podcast because we've probably said everything to each other already. But right. Uh, very difficult rankings from two to nine, Aaron. And uh, have you ever had? Have we ever experienced anything close to this?
1: No, we even had to use the whiteboard today. We had options, went through options A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, and settled on option I. As it turned out, a last-minute amendment there. The fit amendment. Yeah, call me the Bart Stupak. That's right?
0: right. It was. Uh, it was. I, I will say that we were more civil and less contentious than the. Uh, nobody. Nobody people.
1: shouted "baby killer" at me for what that. Nobody. That's nobody <laughs> shouted "you lied," but at the
0: same time. Uh, we weren't debating something as important. So this is <laughs> it true. Is, this is true. Um, but Virginia was an easy number one, and the Cavaliers are going to be hard to move from number one because they're really good. Um, yep. And uh, But they do get challenged in conference play next weekend with Clemson. Right. Uh, which won a conference series, went 4-1 on the week. And here's your reward, Tigers. You move down because the big matzo ball out there is UCLA and Arizona State. Uh, the Bruins are 16-0. and The Sun Devils are 20-0, and Aaron. You've written about both teams. I still think we're both pretty shocked that Arizona State is 20-0. Not because they're not good; it's because 20-0 is so hard to do. Yeah. And those two teams and that combined 36-0 is really what spurred this difficulty. Because what? Right. How do you keep those teams out of the top 10?
1: Yeah, and, and you know Arizona State entered the week at number 10. Uh, and a little history here: they came into the season ranked number 14. Okay. You can argue we were too low on them coming into the season. Sure. Uh, but we did it for logical reasons. They they were without a guy who won a ton of games in, what, 16 years or whatever it was, 14 years. How long yeah. was he there? The whole
0: Pat Murphy situation would have lent itself. Yeah. It would have been very understandable for this team to get off to a slower or yeah. shaky start as after the turmoil and the tumult of their offseason.
1: They were without the two-time Pac-10 Pitcher of the Year in Mike, Mike Lee. Yep. They were without the Pac-10 Player of the Year, Jason Kipnis. Yep. As it turns out, they've also been without their third All-American from last year in Josh Spence. Uh, they got a new catcher. They have a new catcher. Carlos Ramirez was a, was a key Very part of that team last player. year.
0: And Jorge Correa is good, but he's not Carlos Ramirez.
1: So so there were some legitimate questions about this team. Obviously, we still thought they were going to be good. They were number 14. That means we right. thought they were a super regional team coming into the year, which means we thought they were two wins from Omaha. Right. We still thought they were a good team, but we didn't have them in the top five. And so it's been hard to move them up too far because, first of all, uh, we have a pretty good top 12 here, John. There's 12 teams that are really deserving of being... You know, you can make a case for any of them in the top five. They've all been good.
0: None of the teams that we ranked high early in the year, with the exception well, the two teams that we ranked high that have come down, Rice and Fullerton. That's right. And they've both been hit as... You know, Fullerton's not been in the poll for two or three weeks now, and Rice is all the way down to 25 now. Right.
1: Uh, so this is not just stubbornness on our part. I mean, there are actually teams that have, were ranked highly, because we thought highly of them, and they have played well. Yeah. Uh, that said... 20-0 is pretty impressive. Now Arizona State, up until this point, also hadn't played as tough a schedule as Virginia or Florida State, or you know some of these other teams. Texas, uh, they hadn't left their home state until this week right. when they when they went to Cal State Fullerton and won two midweek games, and that was impressive. And it's a five-0 week.
0: Even if Fullerton's struggling a bit, and they have been, and they're like we said, they're not they're not in the top 25 team.
1: They're still Fullerton. They're, they're still
0: Fullerton. They still they were uh, Omaha team last year. That yep. was Arizona State. And I and wouldn't be at
1: all surprised to see them in Omaha again this year.
0: Right, it's still an impressive midweek sweep. If you're gonna, if you're gonna put weight on midweek games. That's the kind of games you put yeah. weight on.
1: And they have wins over Oregon State and UC Riverside and Cal Poly. And as bad as Cal Poly has been, I mean that's still a, a decent win. I mean, it, you know, that to be. St- you know, that said, though, John, what Arizona State opened the season against, what, Northern Illinois yeah, and Towson. Yeah, 7 so and 30 combined. But. Exactly. So there's that, that mitigating factor as well. But nonetheless, we thought 20-0, Arizona State really needed to come up. Um, and so there's a lot of talk about whether we should put them at number two or number three or number six or number eight. Um, we had them in all kinds of different spots. Um, eventually... You know, I guess the consensus was we couldn't move them over Florida, which had a 5-0 and a week and has played a, a more ch- challenging schedule. 5-0 uh, and a week included a win over Florida State. Right. Um, and so we moved Florida up to number two. And uh, the Sun Devils come in at number three as, as our last-minute compromise, uh, which means that Georgia Tech, TCU, and Florida State all drop a spot after winning their weekends – um, but they all which we know, don't like to do. We, don't, we like really to do. don't like to do that. But Georgia Tech did lose a game to Maryland, a team that they should not lose to.
0: Right? Yeah, you, you, you know, they lost the game not just at Maryland, but they lost a the game with Deck McGuire on yep. the mound. Which, you know, when you have third to 14 starts with your number one starter, you kind of expect to go. Yeah. In my mind, when it's Deck McGuire, if he goes, anyth- if a team goes anything less than 12 and two, 11 and three with him on the mound for the season you'd be shocked and they still have a very right. strong ACC schedule to play. They've opened up with Wake Forest and Maryland. You kind of think they should go 6 and 0 in those games yeah. even with the one series at Maryland. So 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 and and also Georgia Tech
1: has played the weakest schedule of any of these top 12 teams. No doubt.
0: Losses to Maryland and Xavier, Xavier. and we're not talking about Xavier on the basketball court, so Right. Um, yeah, uh, are, that, that's why I mean Arizona State was 14 to start the season as you said Aaron. they moved up four spots and that's because Fullerton and Rice at 4-5 and five in our preseason rankings had dropped behind them. UC Irvine at 8, and South Carolina at 10. They really moved up those four spots. Everybody else, Texas, Virginia, LSU, uh, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, TCU, Coastal Carolina, Louisville, all those teams have had virtually the same success as Arizona State. The only difference is uh, they aren't 20-0, but they're all 16-2, 17-3. And, 2, 17 and, 3, and if you put
1: Arizona State, you know, if, they, if they play Florida State's schedule, they're not 20 and 0. I'm yeah, sorry, they're States, just not.
0: Florida State's played 11 top 25 teams. Yeah. You put Arizona State games.
1: with with Florida, with their schedule, or Virginia schedule. No way. There's it's no un- way. Nobody unlikely. goes 20 and 0 against that schedule. It's, 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 it'll so be,
0: it's hard to imagine them doing that.
1: Um,
0: and like you said, they have left the state of Arizona once. Right.
1: So. TCU lost one game to BYU. I mean, they still uh, we're obviously very impressed with TCU, but we can hit them one spot to to allow Arizona State to move up. Florida State. You know, it's it's an impressive road series win against North Carolina. We hate dropping a team after a, win, a series win like that, but they did go two and two.
0: That was the toughest one for me. Because yep. Florida State has played a ferocious schedule to this point. Yeah. And has one bad inning basically all year, which was the sixth run, ninth inning when they lost that series to Virginia. I mean that that's that's they lost the series. A win is a win, a loss is a loss.
1: And they and they do have, you know, other they do have losses single losses to North Carolina and Florida and that five nothing shutout against Virginia. So they they right. have lost a few games, but that's to be expected with their schedule.
0: Right, exactly. That, to me that that's the one uh part of the of the Fit Amendment at the la- at the end I didn't I, I, well, the fit amendment, to, right to be
1: fair, on. John, had Arizona State at 2, Florida at 6. Everybody else stays the same. This was this was the uh, post-fit amendment that, that resulted in Florida State right. dropping a spot. I
0: guess you're right. This was like the Cooper Amendment. I, I think it was. Was that a Cooper Lingo. I think, I think Lingo's it was, responsible for I think it was, this. was a Lingo Amendment. Man. Lingo, who, sho- who showed
1: up uh, 45 minutes into the meeting. And, and still uh, <laughs> contributed for 30 minutes. <laughs> yes, he did.
0: It's very difficult. I don't think – I mean, it, it, if it had been a chalkboard, it would have been like a Glenn Beck show. Uh-huh. I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy how much uh, – how many permutations we went through, and, as with any compromise, everyone comes away yeah. a little frustrated, yeah. but we got something we're putting our name behind it and we're going forward
1: and LSU uh, stays number seven after winning a really good series against Arkansas. Uh, in an ordinary week, we would like to move LSU up uh, this week we could not and and how about this? Texas you know wins its series against nebraska, it's a conference series, it's at home, but they had a two and two week, and they drop from number two to number eight. Um, you know, again, that's not ideal. The best, but
0: the biggest thing there is that out of these top twelve teams, Texas has the most losses. Yeah, uh, that is the bottom line. They have the one least impressive weekend of any of these teams. However, it was opening weekend against New Mexico, uh, which the Lobos have been pretty good. But they did just lose a series to Utah. Yes. Uh, you know, it's not boxing. It's not this versus that. So then, the, you know, you, it's not X and Y and Z. The transitive moving, property doesn't come into play. That's, that's the word. That's what you're looking for. It's, but it is. Uh, it is what it is, and uh, like I said, it's a compromise, and that means some people go home unhappy. Let's stop talking about how the sausage was made, and let's talk about the sausage and uh, talk about some of these teams.
1: And Aaron, well, one more, I feel like there's one more thing we should talk about, though. Do you think
0: so. Uh,
1: just, I mean, just UCLA, UCLA being number nine. That's where uh, I was headed. UCLA, okay.
0: We haven't talked much about why UCLA is so good this year on the podcast, I don't believe. You've written about it, but uh, part of me thinks – that if UCLA played any of these teams best out of three, anywhere in the country right now, they would win two out of three Uh, because of Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer, and Rob Rasmussen. I mean, and their bullpen depth. Is UCLA the best pitching in the country, and how much can you buy into UCLA after the best start in program history?
1: Um, I think they're for real. And, And, you know, their offense is a lot better, too. It's obviously the pitching is why they're so good. But their offense is a lot better. Um, I mean, they've, they've, they've got some, some new faces in there that I think make a big difference, some high-energy players that really buy into the Rick Vanderhoek system. Um, but on the mound, you could certainly make a case that they're the best pitching staff in the nation. I, I still think Texas has a lot to say about that. UCLA's pitching staff has been better than Texas's on, this, on the whole. Uh, Texas has played a tougher schedule.
0: They have, but they don't have the ballpark advantage that Texas has either. This is also that's, very Texas true. Texas is an extreme pitcher's park, and UCLA is not.
1: It comes down to, for me, it comes down to those two for best pitching staff in the country. Take your pick.
0: I think it's a push. Garrett Cole, Taylor Youngman. That's yep. a push. I think the rest of UCLA's weekend rotation is better than Texas, and I think their bullpen is deeper. I would give a slight edge to the Bruins. The big, but they don't have a chance
1: roughing. I mean, klein has been very good. Dan uh, klein has been very right. good. but
0: The bottom line is they don't have Augie Garrido. So, uh, John Savage, when you, get, when you win six championships, you can call me, but you're not Augie Garrido. But you know what? John Savage doesn't pretend that he is Augie Garrido. He's got a little piece of Augie Garrido right now in his associate head coach, Rick Vanderhoek. And that marriage of John Savage, elite recruiter, elite pitching coach, Great track record in his history in college baseball, whether it was Nevada, USC, UC Irvine, UCLA. Developing pitchers, bringing them in. Uh, This is why we've always been on the John Savage bandwagon. I got off a little bit the last couple years because UCLA was a constant underperformer. They're not underperforming now, and I think he's found the right uh, combination. And Rick Vanderhoek is a really great story there, too. Uh, This is a guy who was uh, George Horton's right-hand man for a long time at Cal State Fullerton. You had Vanderhoek. You had Serrano. Uh, it was kind of like uh, Ray Tanner, who for years had Jerry Myers and Jim Toman. And, uh, yeah, the, his assistant coaches had this great success at South Carolina. Uh, kind of same thing at, uh, at Cal State Fullerton. Serrano goes off and gets the Irvine job. Now he's back at Fullerton. But when he came back to Fullerton and George Horton left for Oregon, there was some thought that Rick Vanderhoek would get be, be given the Fullerton program, and he was not. Fullerton, as an institution, chose Dave Serrano to be their head coach, not Rick Vanderhoek, and that – that was uncomfortable, I think, for yes. a lot of people involved. Everyone. And so kudos to Rick Vanderhoek for uh, putting the, the past – he's not here to talk about the past. He's focused on the UCLA Bruins and making the Bruins as good as they can be. And uh, it is unusual to see UCLA as the best team in Southern California. That has not been their history. It's always been Southern Cal or it's been Long Beach State or it's been Fullerton or it's been Irvine. It's been somebody else other than our UCLA. But right now, UCLA is the best team in Southern California. Sure, I think it's uh, it's really impressive, and they're going to be very hard to dislodge. Yep. um, uh, in the t- at the top of the Pac-10. And I can't wait for Arizona State and UCLA to play.
1: Yeah, and you know, and we did talk about moving them way up in the rankings too. I and mean, we had them at one point as high as number three. But, um, you know, in the end, I mean, it just seemed a little more prudent to still be. We moved them up, but we we're a little more cautious still. They they do still. They don't have the the tradition. Uh, that, that Arizona State has yeah. the track record that does count for on a little the roof something. Here, but tradition does matter. It, and it also, counts for
0: something. And also, frankly, like Arizona State, UCLA has not played a great schedule. Uh, got,
1: they it, I think, like Arizona State, I think they played a good schedule, but not a great schedule.
0: Right. I mean, their best win is uh, Vanderbilt, yeah, Vanderbilt in and they. Vanderbilt and Oklahoma would be the two. Right, yeah. and Oklahoma. Oh, uh, well, that, well, that was Oklahoma State. Uh, no, they did play Oklahoma. My bad. What a burger! The What a Burger Classic down in Corpus Christi. Man, it all feels like this is ground that we've covered, Aaron, but yeah. that's what happens when you give us a 70-minute meeting. It's right. The, it's the Baseball America podcast, along with Aaron Fitt. I'm John Manuel. Thanks for listening. We, you know, Clemson, like I said, we dropped Clemson. Clemson-UVA, Aaron, next weekend. Handicap, that's a dandy. Handicap that a little bit for us. I mean, Clemson is not doing anything wrong this year. I mean, they've been outstanding so far this season.
1: They've been outstanding. I think these two teams are, are very similar, um, offensively especially. They're both athletic and deep. And uh Virginia
0: Tech can really pitch. Virginia
1: Tech, and Virginia Tech pitched arms.
0: fairly well this weekend and Clemson still swept that series. Uh, they, you know, Jesse Hahn came into that weekend uh with an ERA under 1 and uh they beat them 5-2. So
1: I, I think the difference between Clemson and and Virginia uh looking ahead is is that um, Clemson doesn't have the bullpen stability that Virginia has Clemson has gotten good bullpen play this year And they've got a lot of options and depth in there But they don't have Arico and Wilson at the back To really shorten games up Those, those proven guys back there Guys have done um,
0: it in Omaha Guys have done it in ACC play yep. uh, Guys who are doing it this
1: year And, and Clemson doesn't have Danny Holtzen. I mean, Casey Harmon's been great this year He's been really, really good I mean, He's been probably about as good as Holson, But he's not, he's not quite Danny Holson. He's not an elite guy Big um, X
0: factor for me is, and we talked about it in the preseason with, with Clemson, is Kyle Parker. Yeah. I think Kyle Parker, if he's, I, I said in the preseason, if this guy had a big year, A, he could be a significant draft guy, and B, Clemson could jump on his back a little bit. Yep. This is a guy who had 20 home runs as a freshman in the ACC, and that was after he skipped, he entered s- school a semester early because he's also a quarterback. And this year here, he's Clemson's starting quarterback, so obviously he didn't play fall ball. He's jumped right in. He's having an amazing season so far with nine home runs. And and the thing that
1: leaps out is 17 walks and 12 strikeouts, Yeah, 12
0: strikeouts and 70 at-bats jumps out as a positive because it's a guy who struck out a lot last year. And, uh, you know, obviously he's getting into conference play. And, you know, Virginia Tech and Virginia, two different balls of wax in terms of pitching. As good as Virginia Tech's arms can be, Virginia has arms and execution and history with these pitchers. So... Big time, uh, you know, big time matchup this weekend.
1: Very, just very impressed with Clemson the last three weeks with sweeping Virginia Tech. Very talented, sweeping North Carolina State, which you good, know, good club, a not good a great club. club, but a good club. And and taking that South Carolina series and those are the last three weeks. Uh, that's pretty darn good and, and it's <laughs> amazing. We had to move them down a spot this week, but
0: yeah, not what we wanted to do. It, but again, it is uh, kind of what it is. Uh, Aaron, and the rest of our top 25 rankings, Arkansas, LSU, we dropped Arkansas a little bit this week, but that's a huge series and a big bounce back for LSU this weekend. Yeah, As SEC play started, LSU wins a conference series after losing the series last week to Kansas. Kansas goes 0-4. It's not a good week to be a Jayhawk.
1: No, I think, I, I think it's
0: more basketball. I think I think their fans really care more about the basketball than the baseball, and I don't blame them. But a tough week for the. I have a feeling game. a lot of
1: them made that trip to St. Louis though for the series against the the two game series against the Billikens this weekend and came away heartbroken. But
0: uh, you think so? That's awesome. I love. I, I love. They, they were actually in not. St. Louis. No, I think if Kansas had won the basketball, they would have been going to St. Louis this weekend in the Midwest, That's where the Midwest uh, uh, finals are going to be. So, uh, but, but St. Louis heartbreak all weekend for for uh, Kansas. Yeah. For old KU. Um, but Arkansas-LSU, uh, anything jump out at you from that series? Or anything from the, the entire SEC weekend?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, Arkansas, after winning that first game, was in the driver's seat in that series, and I thought they were going to win I that, that the, series. I think
0: the catbird seat is where they were. The
1: catbird seat. And, and I thought they were going to win that series after winning the opener. Um, LSU showed a lot of toughness, and, and we knew they were tough. They won the national title last year, for, for goodness sakes. Um, and they, uh, you know, they I thought that they, they did not have the pitching edge, in any of those three games, on paper, uh, but they but they won the last two, and and that's what tough teams do. LSU is really good.
0: I'll tell you what, uh, it seems like their veteran lineup uh, is really just you know they still haven't even exploded yet. No. But they're but they're still even when they're not hitting on all cylinders, LSU can still score runs. They can still rally when they need to.
1: It's a lot like. About this time last year, LSU, yeah, right. we, we said that we thought they had the best lineup in the country last year, and about this time, they hadn't really performed like it, but they still were very dangerous, and at the end of the year, I think they proved us right.
0: I wonder what the uh, what the spark will be for them this year, like it was last year when they moved a couple guys around, put Austin short shortstop, slid in LeMahieu over, maybe uh, Leon Landry getting healthier this year, being full-time in the outfield, uh, What's it a leg injury, a hamstring he's got? Yeah,
1: little, I, th- I think he is back in the outfield line. now,
0: though. But I mean, I, I wonder what the spark will be for LSU that when they really uh, take off, but I think we fully expect it. South Carolina staying in the uh, in the uh, SEC, big series win this weekend against Tennessee. They pitched pretty well. Ole Miss with a big series win in the SEC this weekend uh, uh, in a ranked series at Kentucky, winning two out of three. Um, although, again, Alex Meyer also. Alex Meyer going to be pretty interesting to watch the next couple of years in the uh, Southeastern Conference. Uh, we have Vanderbilt losing a series this weekend. They're dropping anything else from the SEC weekend that – Set out to you, Aaron?
1: I mean, Alabama, you know, you mentioned Vanderbilt. Alabama is in the rankings now, and I think they deserve it. Uh, it's a real nice week with, uh, you know, two midweek wins over John Manuel, Omaha sleeper Minnesota. That's not working out so <laughs> <too> well. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, Alabama's... Uh, I've been very impressed with their pitching. I think that was our concern coming into the year, was how would the, the pitching hold up, and it's been really good. Adam Morgan, especially on Friday, has been outstanding. Uh, and I like moving Jimmy Nelson into the rotation. He was great on Saturday, so... Um, I like Alabama's they team. Great,
0: they have a great infield. They, I mean, they do. They have a veteran offensive and good defensive infield. It's not, yep. it's not the greatest defensive and infield Jake in world, Smith hasn't even been hitting, He really. hasn't even hit. No, and, no. And, and
1: they're still, they're, you know, Josh Rutledge has been terrific. That's been, I think, the key. Uh, Josh that, Rutledge, He's a great, great player. One of those
0: guys, I mean, I'm not talking like to a talk scout about him, but I bet you he has a little draft helium because he's like a yep. very solid college shortstop in a year where there aren't a lot of great college hitting prospects. And I've always kind of been a Josh Rutledge fan. I've always been a Ross Wilson fan. So those two guys are the keystone combination. Uh, very impressive. Uh, we brought in a couple new teams this week, Aaron. We brought in Alabama, as you mentioned. We brought in Western Kentucky and Texas A&M. Texas A&M really seems like, again, this is a team that has had all kinds of arms the last few years. They bring in Stinson in the bullpen, the junior college transfer, who's just been wiped out in their bullpen. Stilson, Stilson thank you. And uh, Barrett Lux looks like he might. Finally, be uh, back, and they still could get some help uh, as the season evolves if they get a little bit healthier.
1: Yeah, and you know they're they're a really dangerous team. I mean, it's it's they, they do have a lot of arms, and um and I and I think offensively they've got some spark plugs who who've uh, who've played a, a big you know who've done what some of the guys they had last year haven't done. Right. I mean, um, you know, Brody Green, first of all, has just been terrific. He's he's really an underrated player. He's kind of like Josh Rutledge for me, just a really good grinder, athletic college player uh, who I think has a, a has a pro future, frankly, um, and and also you know um, Tyler Naquin is a, is a guy that uh, a freshman that they were excited about coming in. Uh, he's been a little bit of a spark for them. Um, I mean, some of the guys in the middle have been good. Uh, Patterson. I mean, it's it's uh, uh it's, it's it's the lineup is easy to overlook, but I think it's pretty solid.
0: And it I mean, it's, it's a it's a pretty different club yeah. from last year's team that had a lot of expectations and did not live up to them. Uh, did not live up to the high expectations that they had. That's for sure. Um, and then Western Kentucky. I mean. What can you say about Western Kentucky? This was a uh, team that was you know, a Drew Pomerantz's uh, amazing performance away from winning a regional last yeah. year um, on the road against an SEC team. They lost a lot of their ball club. They lost a lot of the power off their ball club. They did. But they've come back, and uh, they've got a legit three-slash-four hitter in Matt Rice, their junior catcher. And it just seems like a program. It's Chris Finwood is the coach there, that's correct? That's right, yeah. It just seems like it's a program, not a good team anymore. They're they're making that step from good team to good program when you are able to lose the kind of talent they lost and still come back the next year. Very impressive for them to, to win some of the games they've won this year.
1: Yeah, and that's that's why they're in is they have some, some quality wins this year. I mean, they, they split two they, with Vanderbilt this week, but also, uh, you know. They beat
0: Texas A&M this year. They beat
1: Texas A&M head-to-head. They beat Texas State and Baylor. Um, and
0: Tennessee, I think they won two from Tennessee. They won one from Tennessee. They, from Tennessee, okay. Did uh, they split those two games with Tennessee. I think they only played one against okay. Tennessee.
1: They, they lost to Mississippi State midweek, but um, you know, I mean, 16 and five, and they played a pretty good schedule. Um, and four and
0: one against top 25 teams. Yeah, that's
1: impressive. So, and
0: that's not even including Texas A&M, which is now ranked. That's right. That's how we roll. If, yeah, it's rank at the time. But if you try to do the evolving, they were ranked at that time, or they've been ranked at one time, that would be that'd be pretty tough. I'm not, sure that, I'm not sure that, actually, I'm not
1: sure that 4-1 is right, John, now that I think about it. But, uh. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, we'll have to go back and look at that. That was one of the reasons why I ranked them. Amendment J. Are we on <laughs> Amendment J now? <laughs> yes, yeah, it would be. <laughs> it was a contentious week of ranking teams this week, and, uh, not con- again, not contentious, difficult. Um, and that's one of the great things about the college baseball is this will all be uh, settled on the field. The rankings really don't matter a lot. But they are interesting, and they are fun, and they do help you kind of, uh, try to assess how these teams are uh, going along. And so far, we know the, the ACC looks pretty strong. The SEC looks pretty strong. Um, Pac-10 the looks Pac-10 strong. 10 looks stronger than we thought. The Big West looks less so. Yep. Conference USA looks less so. Um, and the Big 12, I think, is the other – that's a, as a, as a league where we, were, we had one preseason team in the top ranked, five, yeah. in, in, which was number one Texas. And now we've brought in, since that, Oklahoma and now Texas A&M. So the Big 12 is looking a little bit stronger than maybe we felt. Yeah,
1: and Oklahoma State's in the mix, and, and you know uh, Baylor's been okay. I mean, and Kansas State's gotten off to a good start against a soft schedule. So the, I think the Big 12 could be a little. I thought coming into the year the Conference USA might be better than big, the Big 12, and, and I don't think that's the case.
0: I would agree. Aaron, uh, get, get to it on the uh, three strikes on the uh, top 25 rankings. Yeah, Got to pull up the socks
1: and get after it.
0: You can join the conversation uh, online. Aaron will chat this afternoon. Obviously, you can always join us at uh, Fe- our Baseball America's Facebook page. Aaron tweets whenever he goes to a college baseball game all weekend. And uh, you can always visit just good old BaseballAmerica.com and the college blog uh, where Aaron Fit rules the Internet. We want to remind you, though, that we recorded this podcast here in the DeMarini Demo House podcast nook. And when it comes to buying a baseball bat, DeMarini just changed the game, introducing Demo House, where you can step into the cage and hit the latest from DeMarini before you buy, because there's no substitute for hitting a real baseball or talking to people who know both bats and batting, your demo time in the cage is free. Get the season started right. Visit your nearest demo house today. Locations and full details can be found at dmarine.com backslash demo house. For and Fit, I'm John Manuel. We'll see you next week on the Baseball America College podcast. So long, everybody.